Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, as uh, we are gearing up for a Friday. Jacob Padilla is with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, it's been uh, a week or two. How's the wrist? Let's see the hand. Uh, well, yeah. It's, okay. I should probably uh, put my uh, better back on here. Put uh, the splint on. Play when you're doing a radio interview here. You're worried you about gotta, like putting your wrist in a compromised no. position, sitting in a chair, no, talking. I'm just supposed He's, to wear it all the time, and uh, <laughs> I'll take it off occasionally just to give it a break. That, uh, that that's totally anyway, fine. people don't. It's not great radio. Uh, no, I got to well, go back in in a few more weeks. But uh, we're we're streaming. We're, we're streaming, and we're still waiting on that invite to sign your your. Rap. Well, it's also smart here to, to keep that thing on. You never know when you could ha- be facing attackers. It could be at the time you least expect it, sitting down in a chair doing a radio interview. That's when they'll get you. Yeah, Jacob is not worried about that. Uh, I mean, J- Secret Agent Searles could be busting through that door. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Jacob, let's start off with Purdue, Nebraska tonight, and uh, we'll kind of round around, uh, get around to some of the prep visits uh, on the recruiting trail with with Nebraska, and then also uh, high school preps is where we're going to go. But uh, man, going to be tough duty tonight. Were you a little surprised yesterday with Fred? And Fred wasn't wrong, but uh, it, it was unFred like with uh, his, his his take on some of the officiating, specifically with the, with what and how Walker was whistled. Yeah, um, you don't often hear coaches coming back at. Uh, afterward uh, especially in a like maybe on a play that kind of significantly impacted the the final result or whatever obviously yeah not not playing with walker hurt nebraska in that first half but that wasn't why they lost that game um so yeah that that was i, I don't trying to remember exactly how um we we got to that point because it uh it, it just kind of came got, up yeah, yeah you kind of got there by answering another question mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly understandable or coaches would be frustrated when you go back and watch film and see a call that, um, that did impact the way the game played out where they're just, it's an assumption call where mm-hmm. the official assumed that there was contact there where there really wasn't. No, um, no contact at all. Yeah. Well, so that's, yeah, not, you, you don't hear it a, a ton, but I think, uh, it's just, uh, again, I don't remember how exactly we got to that point, but hopefully uh, I think th- they're going to need to avoid any of those kinds of calls tonight for sure. Well, Jacob, whenever you look at that game on Tuesday night, Walker's absence being forced to sit on the bench in foul trouble is obviously uh, a big issue. But then you also had the injury to Jawan Gary, the shoulder issue, which is still going to hold him out tonight. When you look at those two issues combined, obviously it's bad news for Nebraska, but which in a vacuum, do you think matters more for this Husker basketball team uh, moving forward? That that you know, Derek Walker stay out of foul trouble in games moving forward, or that you get Jawan Gary back from injury? Uh, definitely Gary. I mean, Walker, he's some games he gets in foul trouble, other games he stays out there for thirty plus minutes. So 
it's not necessarily like Wilhelm Breinbach has struggles to avoid committing fouls. Oh. Derek isn't quite in that same. It is kind of it's kind of random when he gets in foul trouble versus when he doesn't. Um, Gary, they certainly need him out there. This is a team that doesn't have a ton of talent to begin with. So when you're missing nine and a half points, six and a half rebounds, one and a half steals uh, from your lineup, that's that's hard to replace. Uh, Wilhelm Breidenbach has been playing better recently, uh, and that's good to see. Over his last six games, he's averaging almost eight points a game, shooting well, over 50% from the field, five of 13 from three, um, hitting his free throws too. So he, he's been, hopefully he's kind of turned a corner at this point in his career, and it's not just kind of a... Uh, a peak amid a season full of peaks and valleys um, but because they're going to need him a lot and then Denim Dawson he's the guy that can most closely uh, replicate what uh, Gary brings just in terms of body skill set type of deal but Dawson is not yet ready to impact the game the way that Juwan Gary does it as a retro freshman now so um, going to need more out of him uh, he's scored uh, with 19 total points this season, including eight in the Omaha game, which was the second game of the season. So he's not a guy that has given them much production. He's gone out there and given some hustle plays here and there, but that's about it. And with, with Gary out of the lineup, you need a little bit more than just a few hustle plays. And Hoiberg said he'll get a chance to, to, to play some extended minutes here. So it's up to him to be able to step up and give them a little bit more than he has to this point. Yeah, I think we're under the assumption here that Denim Dawson's going to be the guy who steps into the starting lineup tonight, uh, Jacob. But if this becomes a, a situation where Nebraska gets down by 10 points in the first half, which is very possible against this potent Purdue offense, do you think Nebraska tries to go offensive and maybe gets Kisei and CJ on the floor at the same time? What, what do you think they do to try to to mitigate that loss of Juwan Gary? Because as you said, I don't think Denim Dawson by himself is going to be able to replace the, the big shoes of Juwan Gary. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which way they go with that starting lineup. Hoiberg mentioned he kind of liked the role that, that Breidenbach is playing, and Dawson did start the second half, uh, although Brian Bach had three fouls at that point, too, so I'm sure that impacted the decision. Um, but Hardberg said it'll be a game-time call for that. They're going to go through their shoot-around today, think about it, and then decide which way they wanted to go. Um, so it'll be one of those two, and then we'll see. I think they'll, they'll play it by year moving forward in terms of how many minutes each play. Uh, Brian Bach is a primary backup 5-2, as Blaze Keat is. Um, still kind of working his way back from that injury. He has not looked quite ready to to make a positive impact uh, since he's gotten back out there. Um, so that's something else that Hoiberg's going to have to manage, and that could end up leading to uh, lineups where they do play small, like you mentioned, playing more of those guards. And now Sam Griesel has to take on defending power forwards. Um, and I mean, there, there was a lineup at the end of that half, uh, obviously, again, with the injuries, the foul trouble and everything. Uh, Bandamel had two fouls, Walker two fouls, Gary Hurt, where he had uh, Griesel, Tomanaga, Wilcher, Lawrence and Dawson as the five out on the court, which I don't think that he ever anticipated rolling out a lineup like that coming into the season. Uh, but that's, that's where they got uh, at, at that point in the game. So um, they're going to have to get creative. He was a big part of the, their effectiveness against Purdue the last time they played, although he didn't have a great offensive game, I don't believe uh, himself in that one, but he's, he was one of the, the the guys that was there double teaming, making life difficult for uh, for Zach Eady inside, where they held him to a season low eleven points. And so they're going to have to find some way. I mean, they they played about as well as they possibly could have defensively last time. And again, Gary was part of that and still came up short. 
So they're going to need kind of an outlier performance in order to, to get it done tonight. Somebody's got to get hot offensively and stay hot. It can't just be a guy hits a couple of shots and then um, it, it kind of goes away. They got to have somebody score in 17, 19, 20 some points uh, in order to have a chance in this one. I mean, I, I think Tominaga, what he had 19 uh, off the bench uh, yep. the first time they played him. Uh, they need two guys to do that. They need a couple guys to be going in order to, to score enough points in this one. And that's not something that we've really seen uh, from them outside of a few. Obviously, you had three guys going against Minnesota um, with Walker, Juwan Gary, and Sam Griesel. Um, so you need your best players to step up and play well, and then you need somebody else like a Tominaga, like a Wilshire, someone who hasn't necessarily been consistently productive to step up and have a big game in order to compete. Jacob Padilla is with us. HailVarsity.com and magazine. Find Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, I'm going to focus in on on West Side here real quick and kind of get your reaction with uh, Tony White uh, being at uh, at West Side for a little bit today and just overall the Metro, uh, the job Nebraska staff doing. Uh, your reaction to that and, and also give me your your gut here on Nebraska. Uh, sitting down and, and having a couple of discussions with uh, with Xavier Betts on a p- potential and possible return. Yeah. Um, I mean, n- no real change since the last time we discussed it. It just, they're continuing to do it. They're continuing to put in the due diligence. Anytime they get a chance, they're making sure that they've got local places on their lists, on their itinerary, sending people out to the schools. I saw um, what Tony Wright was at uh, Omaha North too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with Tyson Terry there and some other young guys and, um, so there, it's not just a, all right, new job. We got to go shake hands, show our faces at the new places. And, uh, that'll be good enough. Like it's, it's part of what they plan to do. Um, they, they plan to be present and that's probably, that's the, the, the most important thing in establishing those good relationships, uh, and making a good, uh, good impression on the, the players, the coaches, um, all the people giving the, the, the recruits advice about, um, where to go, how to handle their recruitment. So um, it's important, again, with these new coaches in particular, to, to get out there, uh, to show their faces, uh, to make it a consistent effort. And we know uh, how much talent Westside has with Caleb Benning, mm-hmm. Rezax, um, with Christian Jones. Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, very talented players there. So it's, it's certainly a place that I think you're going to see uh, Nebraska pop up again and again as these uh, contact periods continue to, to be open. As for bets, do you and then, a... yeah, yeah, and then, yes, yeah, and, then, and then on Xavier bets, certainly interesting. Again, we just we don't know where where Xavier is at this point, um, where the the headspace he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it kind of got to the the burnout stage. It, it seemed like with, with football when he decided to step away from the program, um, evidenced by the fact that he, uh, I believe, just left school. Never didn't look to go in a portal. Didn't look to go just start over somewhere else. He just wasn't playing football. Um, and now I guess a, a t- time away, a year away from it, maybe that, that, that fires come back. And, um, as long as he's taking care of business, doing what he needs to do, uh, away from the field, um, to, to make a return to, to the program and college football viable, then it's worth at the very least investigating, putting out feelers, seeing like, all right, where are you at? Uh, how, how, what are you interested in doing? Because from a skill set standpoint, we know he's a perfect fit for what uh, what Matt Rule wants. And we know this is a guy that has been productive for this program before. So 
um, definitely if he shows interest in return to college football, it's something where you have to reach out, put out some feelers, have a uh, conversation, see kind of where he's at, uh, do your homework. Cause obviously rule doesn't have a previous relationship with him. Um, so that's something where they got to figure out, all right, is, is this someone that fits what we want to do from a personality standpoint, from all those types of things? Because I mean, obviously looking at the film, you know, there's a fit from that standpoint. Jacob, can you hang on and can we get a prep roundup from you a couple minutes on the other side? Is that good with you? Yep, sounds good. All right, Jacob Badilla uh, is standing by uh, another uh, segment with Jacob here. We'll get uh, his take on what a wild night of basketball in uh, Omaha, Lincoln, and the surrounding communities out in central Nebraska as well. So we'll get Jacob's take and a busy weekend tonight. More Metro action to highlight. I know uh, you got a showdown going on with uh, Southwest and North Star tonight. Mm-hmm. I I brought Junior's piggy bank in to try and bribe Mozi to let me do that one tonight. I got the uh, get out of here. <laughs> you want Waverly and Biddington? That's where I'm at. That's where you're going? Yeah. Uh, I would. <laughs> I would, absolutely. Except that she did make me promise to take her to dinner tonight. The wife, yeah. Maybe I can injure my hand with a stapler. <laughs> uh, Jacob Badilla is on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Friday edition. Don't forget, weekend edition tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 a.m. locally in Lincoln. Jacob Padilla joins us here. Jacob, uh, what a ball game last night. Gretna and Westside. I had Southeast and Pius. That was well played. That was quite a bit of fun. And then you had uh, in Lincoln, you had uh, North Star and Northeast. And Northeast kind of flipped the switch. What stuck out to you on the prep schedule last night? What are you looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, I, I was at uh, Westside Gretna last night and uh, really impressed with what I saw from uh, Gretna, especially their defense. Um, they just they had a great game plan for Westside and um, they. Uh, they executed at a really high level. Bill Hurd does a great job organizing their defense. The uh, the associate head coach, I guess you could call him for for Brad Feek in there at Gretna, uh, and Westside just didn't really have an answer the entire game. It was it was close in the second quarter. Westside uh, tied it up, and then uh, Gretna scored the next twelve points. Nine zero run in the half, and then hit a three pointer to to start second half, and it was double digits the rest of the way. So. Uh, Gretna looking like a clear number two. They're ten and one, uh, and the only team that scored uh, above fifty uh, fifty seven, well, above fifty two on them in regulation uh, is is prep, and their lone loss of the season during that that holiday tournament run. Um, so Gretna is looking really impressive. Obviously, Bellevue West continuing to roll uh, at the top of the class, but Gretna is a firm number two at, at this point. Uh, and then Lincoln, I, again, I don't know what to make. What to make of the uh, uh, of the city at this point? Again, Lincoln High, they, they go win the hack, and then they immediately drop the next game, mm-hmm. and then they win again, and then they go and what lost to Northeast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Northeast won that one, so uh, Lincoln High is at nine and three. You've got East kind of pushing along there at eight and two, uh, win over Carney mm-hmm. uh, with big fourth quarter last night. That's a really good win for them. Um, they have the best record of any teams uh, in. in the uh in lincoln but then they suffered that uh the upset and early in the hack tournament when they were hosting so um i I don't know what to 
to what to think about the Lincoln hierarchy at this point. It just seems like any like you got four or five teams at any game, any day, any of those teams could win. It's a fair take, and it, it makes it really entertaining. And Southeast, I know, is uh, back to six and six. Pius entered in at, at seven and four, but Southeast has got some dudes, and and they. Uh, uh, have the ability night in, night out, just like Pius, and should be extremely entertaining as uh, we wind it down. Yeah. Jacob, last um, thought before we get you out. Excuse me, yeah. you can go for it. I, I just no, want to get your, your take on, on Bellevue West. They're still undefeated this year, and I got the chance to see them once where they really wowed me was defensively, and I thought maybe somebody would be able to get get them on a night where they, they weren't shooting the ball very well. But with that defense, it just feels like they're going to be in every single game that they play this year, and, and their talent is phenomenal. Are they head and shoulders above the rest of Class A at this point in time, or do you think that the, the rest of the field will start catching up to what they've been doing so far this year? No, I think they've established themselves. They're, they're ahead, and... Um, Big uh, Bellevue West-Gretna matchup looming in the Thunderdome coming up uh, next week, I believe it is. Um, but uh, for the one versus two there. But, yeah, Bellevue West, you, you mentioned uh, someone catches them on an off-shooting game. That's what happened in, in the Metro final with Creighton Prep and uh, could not could not bury, could not find, uh, buy one from deep. Uh, they were down in the first quarter. It was a close game at halftime. And then second half, they just pulled away because of that defense and just smothering that's they they ran west side off the off the uh, court in, in the semis uh, for the same reason just no airspace um, they, they pressure the ball so well they're so disciplined they, they switch they communicate they help they've got good size up and down the lineup uh, and then Josiah Dilsor is a game changer Jaden Jackson uh, is a game changer uh, both that's as tough a backcourt as there is in the state uh, and, and then they've got guys in, inside like. Robbie Garcia as a sophomore, Jacob Rope as a junior coming off the bench, uh, who'd be starting at any other uh, any other Class A team in the state, uh, and they've got him coming off the bench uh, because of the depth of talent. And he had an injury coming into the year, so I think he would be starting. But Robbie Garcia uh, has kind of grabbed on that spot and p- performed well as a sophomore. So really tough one-two punch in the middle, great backcourt, uh, and um, really tough discipline defense makes for a clear number one team in the state right now. Jacob Adillo with us. Jacob, we'll uh, get caught up uh, next week. Thanks for your time and insight as always. And real quick, tell the folks, uh, they can read you obviously with HaleVarsity.com and, and magazine, but also you're uh, you're busy, man. You and Damon podcasting and also you got a prep podcast as well, a uh, second podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, you want to hear more of my thoughts on the prep, uh, prep basketball in particular right now? Uh, look up Nebraska Preps post game uh, over the Herdat Sports Crew, uh, and then uh, my Nebraska Shootaround podcast I host with uh, my buddy Jacob Bigelow, uh, focusing entirely on Nebraska ball, and we work in uh, the women's team as well. Bring on uh, Hale Varsity's Drake Keeler there to kind of provide us some updates there after some big wins and, and things like that. So um, those are other places. Kind of look those up. You can find them to, to hear more of my takes. If for some reason you you would like to do that. <laughs> but yeah, we do. Mostly that, yeah, mostly uh, you follow me on Twitter at Jacob Adele underscore Hail Varsity, of course. And I, I just want to say quickly, Jacob and uh, well, Jacob and Jacob, two of the best basketball minds I've ever been around. I had a, a, one class with Jacob Bigelow in college, and the entire time he was sitting on his laptop, like watching huddle basketball highlights and reading basketball articles the entire time. So I just want to say those two guys, very very smart. But to his podcast. credit, he still went to class. 
He was there. Yeah, he was. There. He was there for roll call. <laughs> Jacob, take care, bud. Thanks for the time. There he is, Jacob Bedilla, with us here on Hale Varsity. Bill Dolman's twenty minutes away. We'll tell you about another team that may be finding its way into Omaha from the Big Ten. Uh, that's coming up. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Brady Altman's tweeting out the Nebraska assistant salaries are mm. uh, available. They've been out about uh, 20 minutes or so. We've been talking ball, though. Uh, Satterfield at $1.4 million. Coach White, $1 million. Coach Cooper at six seventy a year. Uh, not Matt Foley, but Coach Foley at five fifty. dollars uh, You have Coach Campbell at four fifty. Pot roast at four hundred, uh, Donnie Raiola at three twenty-five, and Barthel at two eighty-five. So we still don't know what twenty-four-year-old Garrett McGuire is going to be making. I we don't, but it's still pretty awesome at age twenty-four. I was I think I might have been doing seventeen-five at age twenty-four up in South Dakota, not 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 counting thirty-five dollar talent fees for for basketball. Oh, those add up. Well, they do if you're doing six games a week. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it worked. As soon as we get press availability with Garrett McGuire, I want someone to ask him, what did you buy with your first big boy paycheck at Nebraska? Because, like, he's been coaching, but, like, to be a full-time Power 5 assistant, I wonder what he's buying with that first paycheck, and I wonder if it's, like, something I would buy, like a PlayStation, something an average 24-year-old would buy, or if he's got different, like, mindset altogether being a Power 5 I, position I, I don't know what... When I was 24, like, it was, do I get uh, a night off from running a ball game and let's go grab dinner with the fiance. Let's uh, save some money so we can pay off her freaking ring. <laughs> love you, dear. Really do. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> really do. Really do love you. I don't know. If I had just bleep you money at 24, oh, it could be fun. Buying a Ferrari? No, I'm, I'm... Corvette guy? You a Corvette guy? Dad was. He, he loved his Corvettes. We'll wind down our one. Hail Varsity continues.